0: Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning
1: curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to the BJJ Brick Podcast. This is episode 325. Today, we're going to trim the fat. And we're not trimming the fat from your steak. We're trimming the fat from your BJJ. I'm Gary. I'm here with Byron, and we have been talking a lot about Greg Popovich, the uh, famous basketball coach, and we've been doing a lot of his quotes. Uh, Here's another good one for you. I'm not one to blow smoke at my players. They kicked our butts on the offensive boards, and it's not because the ball came their way. And what I think about that is the other team, the opponent, had more hustle, had more heart had more desire. Um, You know, we're not always going to be more talented than the other person we're playing in in basketball. We may not be bigger or be a jump higher than the person we're playing against or the team we're playing against. But if we have heart, if we go after everything, we go after every loose ball uh, going at, you know, go into every scramble and give it everything we got, we're gonna come out on top a lot of times. And uh I think that's what Popovich is talking about. Their team did not hustle as much as the other team that game.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great quote and we've had several from Greg Popovich in a row, uh legendary coach, and I think it's fun to to bring in those examples from off of the mat and, and those examples from outside the Jiu Jitsu world and learn from those coaches as well and i like how he's not gonna not blow smoke at him he's not gonna lie to him and say you know we should have won that game or you know some give some excuse no we got beat and that's that's the way jujitsu sometimes goes sometimes you go out there you do your best and you get beat like that's that's part of life uh even if even if uh you do your best you give it all your heart sometimes you're just Person is just better, or, or or their game matched up better against your game, and uh, and to, to not get off the mat and think I should have won that, or, or like I, I you know like I should have you know if you, you go out there and the, the guy takes you down, passes your guard, submits you for mount, and and you get up and you feel like man I really had a chance there and I blew it. Where was your chance? You know, the reality is you you never got your game going, and 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 he just took off on you like. Uh, maybe things could have been different if you would have started a little differently, but uh, the odds are the same match would happen happened again. Uh, just, it just didn't match up well for you and do not, not live in that false reality. Cause I've seen people come off the mats and be like, I could beat that guy. Well, it's always 20 to nothing before he got submitted. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe the guy's basically a belt or two above your level right now. Uh, you know, maybe the weight classes are a little bit mixed matched here or something like, uh, but just live in that reality. Sometimes you get beat. And and that's uh, you know sometimes when you're when you're Greg Pavic, your team will get beat, and uh, you know don't need to blame the referees, don't need to to look for excuses about traveling or that stuff. Uh, you know, look towards the future. How could you improve? Maybe you got some weaknesses exposed, and uh, and go to work.
1: You know, I like what you said there, Byron. You know, it's a game. Sometimes you're going to get beat. You know, maybe your weaknesses got exposed. Get to work. Uh, I like that part, get to work. It kind of reminds me of your audio book, uh, six BJJ training games. And, uh, you know, one of them you have is Nike Method, and, you know, like you just said, get to work. Nike Method is just do it. You know, we'd go back to Popovich's quote, you know, maybe something got exposed, you know, just do it. Let's start working on it. Let's, uh, let's put some time in the gym. Let's, uh, let's get that going. Um, but uh, that's kind of what we, what made me think about it. But if you go to the link on the BJJ Brick uh, podcast for the, the store uh, part of it there, you'll see uh, the six, six BJJ training games. It's an audio book by Byron. Um, it's basically uh, about an hour long, an hour and two minutes and uh it's just games that you can play with your teammates during practice they may not know you're playing them they you may know you're playing them it's just going to lead to uh, more teamwork for and it's going to get you to be a better grappler and you know there's there's six different ones and i know i've talked about it numerous times but my favorite is backwards grappling and what that means if i always pass to my left i'm going to try to pass to my right Um, if i set up my half guard on my left side Today, I'm going to set it up on my right side, and I'm going to work different things. If I camorra the left arm, I'm going to work on camorra on the right arm. And uh, not only is that going to help me, uh, everybody's used to me going for one certain arm, camorra, and now my training partner's going to get camorra on the other side. So uh, it's going to make both of us better. Um, So check it out. It's uh, got really good reviews, and uh, thanks to the one and only Byron Jabara. Yeah, the cool thing about Backwards Grappler is –
0: it has a potential to really open up your game as far as offense. And if you're a kimura my my other side, you have all of the knowledge of how to do this Kimura, but it doesn't really fit well with your body. And so one aspect of it is to know how to do it. You check, that's done. And another aspect is to get your body to perform that. That's what you're working on. So you've cut out a lot of the work because the, your, your, the, the knowledge access uh, that you've gained – from the good side, the good half, your dominant side is already there. Just get it to work a little bit uh, uh, better or differently for your, your off side, And, man, things will really open up because nobody's used to defending that other side or maybe it doubles the chances that you could land that or set your Camorra up. Yeah, that's a good one, Gary. I'm glad that uh, yeah. that one's
1: working for you. Yeah, I remember maybe five years ago, uh, me and Byron would be grappling and, uh, you know, we'd get stuck in the same spot a lot. Um, Byron trying to pass my guard me on my back and uh, you know we may spend a whole round there and I remember you started going the other way and I never really put two and two together and I remember you'd pass pass my guard with ease uh, you would start going the other side and you know it was a little awkward. it was a little awkward for you but I think it was even more awkward for me that's why you were doing better um, and I never reala- realized it but as you kept doing that I kept getting better and on times when we weren't training together, if I had a lower level partner, I was setting up on that side so I could work that, and uh, you know, without even me knowing it, I was getting better because you were playing backwards grappler.
0: Man, yeah. Well, uh, check that that out, and like Gary said, it's in our brand new, uh, still, still uh, new store smell. Of the BGG Brick Store. <laughs> hey, when is the grand opening? It's open right now. The grand, well, it's today. You know, everybody Harry's has just... the grand opening <laughs>
1: celebration after it opens. Uh, you know, we had uh, the Chamber of Commerce come in for a ribbon cutting ceremony. Yep. Well, actually, it wasn't the Chamber of Commerce, but uh, Byron and his wife held a ribbon, and I cut it uh, just to uh, so we went through the formalities. But it was pretty cool. That sounds
0: kind of that sounds kind of oddly. Uh, symbolic of something else. I don't know what it would be. Me and my wife hold something and you. I don't. I don't know. That sounds weird. <laughs> uh, come on, Byron. I'm Let's trying not this, to use my imagination uh, too much. Okay, yep. <laughs> Gary. I've got an off the mat lesson I like to share with uh, with you and, and uh, our friends out there. And I had one last week, and it was uh, I, I went to a instructor development course uh, taught by the state, and it, it was, it's really geared towards law enforcement, but they brought in a few other categories of people uh, me being fire and uh i was the only one uh, from the fireside, and so all of the jokes as far as you know firemen this or that uh, were kind of on me and, and there were people from different bureaus and different uh, agencies but they were all kind of uh i don't know carry a pistol with them or handcuffs like they, they're all kind of a law enforcement swing to it Pirate, but,
1: don't you carry handcuffs Fuzzy no. handcuffs.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuzzy pink fuzzy handcuffs. <laughs> uh, it, it just, you know, you light some candles. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm blowing candles out as a firefighter. But uh, at the end of it, it's a four-day class, uh, pretty, you know, really good curriculum. Up there in front of the class, teaching a lot of things is kind of, they get you, that's what we're doing. You're learning how to be an instructor. And, and so these a lot of these officers will go out and they'll teach, um, you know, like uh, shooter development classes or you know, different public safety things to people. And, and basically, you learn how to be a teacher. And they boil it down to just four days. And so it's a lot of getting up there and teaching. The very last day, you have to get up and do a 15-minute presentation. Uh, and and, uh, and what they at the end of the 15 minutes, they'll start clapping. And they'll say, thank you. And so if you're not done, you're done. <laughs> like, there's, it's a hard cutoff. And uh, I practiced my speech the day before my presentation. And it was 15 minutes. And I'm looking at, like, man, okay. And every time I've gotten up there before, I kind of started with a little bit of a joke or some uh, bit of humor because uh, just to, just to kind of jolt them out of the routine that we were in. A lot of people would get up there be nervous, and it was they just get up there and do the minimum or whatever. I wanted to kind of loosen things up, and I was already the butt of a lot of jokes, being the only firefighter in there. So I wanted to show that I got a sense of humor, and I didn't have time to tell any kind of a joke and do my entire presentation. It was just, it was going to take too long. And so what I did, I kind of cheated a little bit, Gary.
1: <laughs> no, not you. I,
0: uh, so I, they, you know, it was my turn to go up. I, I'm, I'm walking up there, and I have to uh, set up uh, my thumb drive and get my PowerPoint queued up and all this stuff. And so while I'm doing that... I've started, <laughs> but they haven't started the timer yet because I haven't actually started. So I go up there and I have this, it was a dumb joke, but, uh, I, I go, man, I could have used one of you police officers last night. And they, the whole room kind of looked at me like, what? And I said, I went out, you know, I was having a good time and probably in the wrong side of, uh, the city. And I found myself that some guy pulled a knife on me and, and took all my money. And he's looking at me like he's going to stab me and try to kill me. And I was like, man, you you can't kill me now. I said, I'm a firefighter, I'm about ready to go speak in front of a bunch of cops tomorrow. If you kill me now, you gotta take my place and do my presentation. And the guy took off running. You know, I just made up a story, but like like that's how terrifying it is to be a public speaker. And to be a, a firefighter speaking in front of a bunch of cops, like, oh, it's super scary. The guy ran away. It's kind of like the old, it's better to be the one in the casket uh, than the one giving the uh, the, the speech. <laughs> like, which one's more scary? And, uh, you know, it got received. People kind of laughed. Or maybe, oh, man, we got the one comedian up here. It's a firefighter. Uh, but I got to sneak in a little bit of a joke, cut the tension of the room before my 15 minutes even started. So that was kind of a nice way to kind of work outside the rules and uh and bring something in and i just you know i think about jujitsu using a little bit of bonus time or using your time effectively and if if you want to it, it obviously depends on your on your class setup but if maybe you get there a little bit early you could drill a few things with a teammate or if you could stay a little bit later you could do a little bit of extra rolling that happens quite a bit uh, at fox fitness where i train uh just try to sneak in a little bit of time because if you roll for, let's just say, 15 minutes, like my presentation, that's 15 minutes of training. If you get to roll one extra round every time, in three sessions, you've gained an entire rolling session. That that really adds up. And so just using your time as effectively as you can. And, and for me, I, I wanted to throw a joke in there. I didn't have the time to do it in within my presentation, so I just had to take a little bit from beforehand.
1: Well, Byron, you are known for stretching rules. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've known you, you know, you 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 are very intelligent, think out of ways to uh, make fake press passes and stuff. You, you, you surprise me all the time with the stuff you do. Um, but I, I really like what you're saying there, you know, be effective with your time. Um, you know, one of the main things we hear about you know people quitting jiu-jitsu is uh you know time and money um i don't have time to go to the classes uh you know but even so let's go back to that I, I don't have time except maybe training once a week you know i've got a whole free thursday night i got nothing going on like what you said let's say it's thursday night you know one class a week is all you can go to but you stay that extra uh you know round and in three times you now have done a whole different rolling session a whole nother rolling session you can turn it into almost like you're working twice a week Um, you know we have to if you want to get better and you enjoy this if if you're not going to be listening to this podcast if you don't enjoy jujitsu and and i was in a uh, training session today uh, speaking of training sessions byron and you know one thing we had to get in our little groups and uh, talk to people in the groups and hey what do you really love you know tell two things that you really love that you couldn't do without and you know, one was my family and the other was jujitsu. And, you know, a couple of people looked at me like jujitsu. And I was like, man, that's really what I like to do. I, I, when I'm doing it, I love it. And I don't have a ton of time. You know, I have a demanding job where I work a lot of hours. I have a family, I've got kids in sports. Um, I got all that going on. But when I, I have got really effective with my time. I have got it down to a science. I find every little scrap of time I can carve out to train jujitsu. And Byron knows when I do train jujitsu, I, and I have the time, I try to be the first one there and the last one to leave. So, um, you know, I like to be efficient with your time and, and not just for jujitsu. I mean, I need to be efficient with my time at work, um, you know, with this podcast, uh, to try to find time for podcasts, we have to be efficient with our time. And, you know, that has helped me in, Jiu-jitsu, podcasting, work, family life, uh, you know, I coach basketball, you know, doing that too. It's uh, trying to find time, but I, I love doing all of it, and, and I will be efficient as possible so I can do all this.
0: Yeah, that's good, Gary, and we didn't mention it. <laughs> uh, Joe's not here today. Uh, he's not feeling well. He's just got some sort of a cold or maybe a light flu or who knows what he's got, but uh, he's like – uh a few hours ago he's like i don't think i'm going to make it guys i'm i'm really not doing too too hot here and uh so
1: that's, well, he, said uh, that's he, was, it is, he said he was doing hot
0: oh. which basically
1: you had a fever so uh, you know i think he uh think he's down and out for the count but uh you know too bad because uh, he's not going to be here for the trim the fat on your jiu section
0: yeah and you notice we're down one person trimmed up (laughs) oh man now we'll get him back on hopefully next episode he's back up to his normal uh, Joseph self and uh, it'll be fun to have him back on but that's what's what's up with that we forgot to mention why why we're missing one of our uh, one of the top three guys on the show
1: (laughs) you know though I I personally think he's either one or two
0: yeah he's definitely he's definitely not three
1: yep not (laughs) at (laughs) all and you know I always consider myself either one or two
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah. odd. Okay. Well, that, uh, that puts me firmly in the third uh, ranking position.
1: You got that right, partner.
0: <laughs> Happy to be there. I'm working on getting a little better. Uh, one way I will try to get better as a podcaster is trim up some of that fat, do some things differently, maybe take out some things. So when we, we talk about – you know this is a topic episode, and uh, we talk about trimming the fat – we're talking about getting rid of some unnecessary things in your jiu-jitsu. And we've all done this. We've all been faced with this activity. And in some, in some degrees, it happens naturally. If, if something doesn't work for you, you stop doing it. If, if you learn a new guard pass and you go a week, you go two weeks, you go three weeks, and you can't even get to start this pass. Not that you're not doing it. It's just like every time you set it up, you get swept. Every time you set it up, you get triangled. Uh, I was trying to work one pass a while back and I got put to sleep. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay maybe I'll do a different pass. <laughs> <laughs> not that, that nothing wrong with that Unless pass. You did a nap. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't want a nap at the time. So, uh, in some degrees, it happens naturally. You take out the things that aren't really. Uh, Effective for you. So in in the process of trimming fat, we're talking about leaning up your game and honing uh, into a few things that work really well for you. And uh, but, but there are definitely times where you have too much on your plate. Uh, Obviously some of that considered fat to where it's, you know, another thing about fat, it's delicious. It's an enjoyable part of the meal. But in reality, it can be trimmed. It can make your meal uh, a more effective thing for you. So, uh, some of these things that can be considered fat or unnecessary parts of your jujitsu, or parts that are distractions from your core game, they might be a lot of fun, and and not that uh, you know it, your jujitsu could be mostly fat. That's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to tone up your game and make it more uh, effective you need to trim some fat oftentimes and I, i've been told that in my jiu-jitsu tighten up your game you know get get rid of stuff that that's not really working for you and that is a pretty quick way to get some some results in your jiu-jitsu gary have you thought can you think of any techniques that you've had to cut away although they've been good for you or decent for you like i need to change and transition to something else
1: i don't know if i've really ever thrown anything out um man you you stumped me with that question okay um yeah, I mean, man. So for me, w- one thing that I've definitely had to trim
0: up is is my amount of variety of guard passing. And I, I like a lot of different passes. But when I'm rolling and I'm really working on, you know, st- you know staying up and, and, and passing the guard, I need to have two or three that I'm working in between. And that way I can learn how to blend them properly. Uh, it's... it's it's hard to have more than that on that plate. And even sometimes I get the most growth by just saying, I'm going to do one guard pass. I'm going to do leg drags. I'm going to do an over-under. And just trying to make that hammer hit that particular nail. And, and sometimes you'll find a way through, and sometimes you won't. But uh, when you are that focused and that lean on your techniques, you really find situations
1: to make it work. You know, now now that you mentioned that Byron, I can I can think of a, a situation uh, where you know I needed to narrow down my focus, kind of like what you're saying. Um, I have taken probably three or four seminars uh, plus uh, some private lessons with Rolly Delgado. Um, the majority of his working on the straight ankle lock, and uh, he really likes it from uh, uh, Ashi, uh, and. So what was happening is... God bless you, Gary. Ah, you know, oh, bless you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: A little late on my joke, but yeah. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. But so, you know, I had been working and uh, it really changed my game around. But I started watching other uh, ankle locks and other leg lock uh, specialist videos and stuff and trying to add that into my game. And the very last time I trained with Roly I was talking about how I'd been having good luck with a double outside ashi on a uh, uh, straight ankle lock. And, and you know, he, he was looking at me and we, we had a talk about it. And one thing that I really thought about his talk was really until you get this single leg ashi down and have this whole game based off of that single leg and can hit it every single time and, and have everything down perfect – don't move to the double outside ashi or, or anything else till you got that. And, you know, I thought about it and, you know, I was missing a lot of little things. Uh, every time I trained with him, you know, I see little things that I either forgot or, or I'm missing or I didn't learn before. And, you know, once I really just took the minute levels of this single leg ashi ankle lock and, you know, his style there. And, you know, I I stopped on purpose of doing the, you know, sometimes I would miss a single leg and I'd move out to a, a you know, Ashi, double outside Ashi And he was really big into, you know, really get this game down. And uh, so I went back to square one and, you know, spent six months and, and really still, I still try to keep with that little game, you know, that game right there. And it's uh, it's done wonders for me.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And, and you had a little bit of guidance and we could all use that, uh, from, from coaches.
1: So that's, that's the other cool thing is the guidance. Like sometimes you may not see it. Um, you know, Hey, it was working good for me, you know, Hey, that's great. Um, but could it work better? Am I missing something? Um, having a mentor, having a coach, having a friend, uh, Kind of guide you through it, you know. Sometimes they're seeing stuff that you don't see, and you know that's the cool thing about jujitsu. It doesn't have to necessarily be a coach; it can be a training partner who can see stuff and guide you. And I've been guided by so many training partners who are higher ranked or lower ranked. It doesn't really matter. They see stuff uh, the way I'm rolling, and uh, you know, can make corrections, which uh, you know can help me out.
0: Yep, yeah, being uh, open-minded about stuff. I like the uh, the phrase about getting. Uh, you know, advice from people is like a blue belt skeptic. So uh, there's a lot a blue belt doesn't know. And, and they're, they are going to be uh, like a sponge when, when they're presenting with techniques, but they're also knowledgeable enough to be skeptical. Like that's not going to work for me. That may not work for any. But Like they have that. So I try to approach uh, when someone's showing me something I don't know, especially like, I don't know anything, but if they're less, if they have less uh, time on the mats or, or less, uh, General ability. I'm always a little bit skeptical, but I'm just that blue belt skeptic as far as that's pretty cool. Man, that's really neat. Would it actually work? and <laughs> and and not with some you know magnifying glass of being over analytical about it, but just kind of a little bit of skepticism with it and 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 those big eyes, like, yeah, this is cool. like like the white belt, I think everything is cool. <laughs> like they have yet to put those uh, those shades on yet where, uh, some techniques don't work out for them. And, and so every new technique is going to be the next best thing, next best thing. Uh, as by the time you're a blue belt or got some time on the mats, you've realized a lot of the stuff that I'm getting shown doesn't really match up with me very well at this point in time. So I like the blue yeah. belt
1: skeptic. Yeah, I like, to, I remember those days, uh, you know, just shown so much. And, and I do remember saying, Hey, this isn't going to work for me, you know, but you know, the one thing I've always know, n- noticed is stuff that I'll say isn't going to work for me three, four years down the road, all of a sudden that move is working for me. Um, you know, and even if it doesn't become my, my main move, it's nice to learn that stuff. Um, so, you know, I also think about the other part of the fat there, Byron, um, you know, if we throw it out and you just discount it, you're not learning it to defend it. And I just think sometimes I, I like what you were saying. You know, you're you're coming in at positive. Um, I, I've heard so many people say this isn't going to work. And, you know, once you have that attitude, it's down the drain. Um, you know, it may not fit with your game. It may be kind of tough for you um, and not working or just for some reason it just doesn't match for your game. You know, maybe then you throw it out. But... I still think it is so positive that you have learned something. And who knows, maybe down the road you, you may be more mobile or you may have changed your game around a little bit where now it fits into your game. You have been exposed to it. You know how to defend it, but now you're adding it to, my, to your offense. And, um, you know, just going back to that point, I can think of a sweep I saw here not too long ago. It was kind of a, a sweep into the the four eleven. And I just remember looking at that, and I was like, there's no way I can make this work. And uh, here I am saying this, and, and I just told you the opposite. You know, I'm trying to be positive over everything. And I looked at this, and I was like, I don't think this is going to work. But the cool thing is I drilled it, and I drilled it, and I drilled it. You know, the first day, you know, I probably did, you know, 25 to 50 reps and trying to learn this move. And, and, man, it took me a long time till it actually felt halfway comfortable. But that was against a non-resisting opponent. And you know, so then I tried to w- tried it during regular roll, and man, I hit it like four times that day. Missed it a couple other times, but I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Now I've been hitting it so much that people are stepping back or putting their weight back, so I can't, you know, get my hips under theirs. But then I'm just leading into another sweep. So, um, you know, here's one thing I just looked at on the surface. And sometimes I think maybe because I'm an older grappler and I don't move as well as I used to, that some of this stuff that looks a little more tricky isn't going to work for me. Like, you know, my head mess, you know, the inside of my head is messing with my my skill, you know, with what I can do. And uh, sometimes I, I shouldn't listen to that.
0: Yeah, it's it, there's a balance there to be played as far as how skeptical you should be. You, you don't have unlimited time and resources to train every technique that comes your way. And, It'd be nice too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wear out. You know, I'm only I'm only able to do a certain amount of training. Uh, Could you imagine per day or per week?
1: Like you know, they talk about artificial intelligence, and Byron and I train with a lot of police officers. And one of the police officers I was talking to uh, last week was telling me that down the road. We may not have police officers. They may be artificial intelligence robots. RoboCop. And, yeah. I mean, I never would have <laughs> thought that. But you imagine, like, if for some reason our brains were so wired that we could—I mean, maybe we should get Daniel Coyle on here. But can you imagine if there was some way you could implant something into our head where we know every single jiu move, I mean, every move ever invented? Wouldn't that be something? That would be yes. That would literally be something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no fat because we would be good at it all. Yeah, know um, it all. Um, man, that would be that'd be impressive.
0: <laughs> That's outside of my realm at this point in time, Gary. <laughs> so, yeah, but
1: think about that. Everybody says it's outside of their realm. Maybe we could make it work, Byron, and become millionaires.
0: That, yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah, we'll uh, write that down, Gary. And uh, okay. it's on top of the list. <laughs> so unnecessary techniques, te- or techniques that don't work well for you, or or maybe great techniques that aren't appropriate for you at this time. If if you're developing your spider guard and, and you're dead set on that, you've put you know three months, six months onto that, and you're really hitting your groove, and you, you just saw a cool video about a guard pass. Do you you have to make that decision? Is this guard pass right now for me? Is it is it is it the fat? Is it unnecessary? Like, or do I need to finish up fine tuning my spider guard stuff and put that on the shelf for later? Sometimes this the stuff will store pretty well. <laughs> and Sometimes it just goes away, and sometimes we're presented with a lot of this this fat, and not necessarily in a negative way, but during a seminar or maybe just during your the average month of class. So in a seminar, you might go in and they show you one or three techniques and you hammer those down. And those techniques may or may not fit your game at all. But you still did the seminar. You participated the best you could. You you definitely expanded your knowledge base. But whether those techniques are going to fit your game or you leave them on the side, that's up to you. Uh, We've all been to seminars where they've showed Ten or twenty techniques, or they did. Uh, you know, what do you want to learn? And then everybody contributed a question, and they showed something to that. Well, by definition, a lot of that will be outside of your realm of, of what you're working on in your game. So a lot of that's going to be fat. But a lot of there'll be hopefully one or two key takeaways you can get from that type of seminar that can have a potentially game changing effect on what you're doing. So just kind of know that, that fat is presented all the time in anything you're learning, even your, you know, your class. You, like say you're that spider guard guy and this week or this month we're working takedowns. You still show up and you still work those things and you still l- learn those the best you can. But when it comes to rolling, you're, you're focusing on your spider guard. You got to get to your spider guards because you can to get that, the, the reps in on your, on your attacks from spider. And, and for now, uh, that that would have been trimmed and, and you need to come back to that some other time, obviously, but, um, just kind of focus your training and, and, and try to avoid the tasty things that are outside of where you want to be.
1: Man, that's a great point, Byron. And we were kind of talking off the air before, uh, we, we started podcasting here today. You mean the technical difficulties? Well, even before that, <laughs> no, but, but I was talking to Byron about, um, uh, DVDs, instructionals. And, uh, you know, there's so many out there. I have so many of them and I, I, am a very slow learner. I go in these things in depth and, and I go on, you know, to them for a long time and, and I do run into that. It's like I'm in the middle of working one part of my game. Let's go back to say spider guard, but you know, Byron comes and shows me something new and then I'm caught in a quandary. Should I, work on what Byron showed me, uh, you know, it's great. Cause I, I did learn something, but, or do I stick with my spider guard game? Like Byron was talking about, you know, as soon as you roll, you can get spider guard. So yeah, there is, you can have an overload of information and, and I think that's where you're getting at Byron. I, I, you need to trim some of that and, you know, make stuff relevant. What is working for your game? Um, otherwise you'll, you know, have a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox, but you won't have very good tools. They won't come with a lifetime warranty.
0: <laughs> yeah, or this the store doesn't closed down right after you buy it, and you can't take it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sometimes uh, fats are beneficial or helpful and And I think of this as uh, being exposed to those techniques that I'm I know I'm not going to add this into my game. I don't play a uh I don't play a gi reliant game. So I, I get to play the same game uh, whether I show up on a gi night or a no gi night. I, I do I'm doing basically the same technique. So that takes out Spider Guard, any sort of a lapel guard, I don't really play that. But when I'm exposed to that and it's the technique that we're learning tonight or this week or this month, I really take it in and I do my best to learn it. I just I'm not really working with it much, maybe a little bit to, to kind of see what it's about. Uh, but it's definitely not my focus. But that can be helpful because there's always going to be people around that have questions about things that you're not really that good at. Just the other week, somebody was asking me about passing the uh, the knee shield type of uh, uh, half guard. I don't end up with people in knee shield very much just because of the way I pass. I uh, I just avoid the half guard altogether. I don't like to deal with it. Uh, I don't end up in a knee shield. And if I'm there, I don't pressure into it. So it's just not a, a type of a guard I find myself in very often. But I've definitely been through several classes on how to use the knee shield, uh, you know, for offense. Uh, if you're you know, on, from bottom and how to pass the knee shield. So just uh, last week, somebody asked me, how do you pass this stupid knee shield? I, can't never get, I get stuck here. And I had some good answers and they, and they were effective uh, to that person. But if I only ever focused on my game, I had no fat, you know, in my diet, in my jiu diet, I wouldn't – I would say, I don't know. I don't, I don't really run into that guard much because of my style, my style of passing. But uh, I had some knowledge, and I was able to kind of pull from that and uh, and, and show some, some techniques that I had learned. And I'm and I confident that they were decent techniques because they were shown to me by somebody who is good at it. I just was lucky enough to remember them. Uh, it's always easier to show techniques that you do a lot and and that are part of your a game but people are gonna have questions outside that so the the fat learning things that aren't in your a game perfectly fine it's a good thing to do uh but it's just not like
1: your focus yeah that's kind of like what i was talking about earlier um you know we are going to learn stuff that just doesn't fit my game or or i'm struggling with it um but that's a time where you know, you don't just pack it up, um, you know, you you learn from that, because I'm going to get put in that position, um, let's say we're learning, you know, how to pass uh, knee shield, um, but it, for some reason it's not working for me, but I am going to get put in that position, even though it's not what I'm working on, or it's not my bread and butter, I do need to know it, and like I said, there are so many times something didn't work for me when i was first shown it the second time i was shown it the third time i was shown it the fourth time i was shown it but then you know 3 years down the road it now starts clicking and this happens to me all the time and now it becomes my move and and it all started from that day of being shown and and even though it may not be my bread and butter like you said i learned learned it from somebody who it does work for and you know maybe that person is not there for practice that day, and and I remember it. I can show it, and who knows? Maybe it's going to work for this person. But um, you know that you know like you said, all fat is not bad. There is a, I mean we need it to, uh, to you know keep us warm and to give us energy, and <laughs> you know especially when we're hibernating, you know it's going to going to allow us uh you know energy or food and nutrition while we're hibernating.
0: It makes you famine resistant as well yes <laughs> uh, so one part about this you might be thinking uh, if you're a pick, pick a position and if you've got like five answers for that and you don't know which one is your better one or like you're just all over the place with your training you might think about maybe I need to trim some fat maybe I need to, to narrow it down just a few that way uh, I, could, I could hone my skills in a couple of different categories so uh, you know How do you do this? And and a big part of trimming the fat from your game, trimming the techniques that may not fit well with you or may not belong with your style of play, is to kind of evaluate your game. The cool thing about this is you have a whole bunch of teammates helping you evaluate your game all the time. So if, uh, if you can't pass somebody's guard using this guard pass, they're helping you evaluate that guard pass isn't your best guard pass. If you're always getting submitted in the same spot, every time you end up with someone's close guard, they get you in a triangle choke, or every time they get side control, you can never recover. They're constantly showing you either your strong parts of your game, the ones that are working, definitely not your fat part of the game, or they're showing you weaknesses, uh, parts that they're able to exploit or, or get a hold of and, and make you, uh, you know, end up getting caught in something. Uh, so your teammates... Help you evaluate your game. They're not just catching you in leg locks like Gary does to me all the time. He's showing you, "Me, hey Byron, you got a weakness, and it's your feet." <laughs> and maybe, maybe defending my feet against most people is, is I feel comfortable. But I know when Gary is going after my legs, I'm in a lot of trouble. And that's so it's all relative. Uh, a lot of people attack my feet, and I, I don't sweat it. I, I work to get out, whatever. But as soon as Gary starts going for my feet, I know that that's that's definitely a weakness compared to what Gary's able to bring offensively. And I need to do something about that pretty quick or just tap because it's going to be over pretty soon. Uh, So your teammates help you evaluate your game. Don't take it as a frustration. Don't take it as, you know, they're better than you or anything like that. It's just certain aspects of your game match up differently with other people and, and look at that to help you evaluate what are your strong points. Like, what was the last time I tapped Gary with? What technique was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember that. But that would be one of my stronger techniques. So if you know, okay, what were your last four or five submissions that you that you got on somebody who was a similar skill level as you? Those are good techniques. Those are not your fat. You do not need to be trimming those. You need to be uh, sharpening hey. those, getting those six-pack abs.
1: You know, though, I, I think I, I love what you're talking about, evaluating the game. I love how you brought it down, narrowed the focus down to, You know, what have you been tapping out people to your same skill level? You know, those are the ones you need to sharpen it. But I I love the evaluating your game part. Um, I also think, too, like they're telling us it may not be my special point. You know, I I can think if I rolled with this guy here, you know, six months ago and this person destroyed me on my back. You know, it was like a backpack that I couldn't get off. And, um, you know, it. I didn't think of it like what you're saying, but that person evaluated my game for me. That person told me I have a weakness. Once you're on my back, I need to get better at it. And I have been spending the last six months, me and one of my training partners, every time we roll, uh, we start on each other's back and, and we've been working not just defensively. Um, we have been working offensively too, which is going to make me, you know, which is, you know, I guess I kind of threw that part away. You know, I guess I was considering, you know, back escapes fat. And, um, you know, now I realize that my back control wasn't as good as I thought it was once I've really dwelled into this. And my back escapes, which already were exposed, were evaluated by somebody else. And now I have shored some of that up. You know, maybe it was fat before, but now I'm putting it into my better parts of my game. Um, and, you know so it may have been i consider it fat but now it's con- you know it's still not my a game but i plan on getting it to that point because somebody evaluated my game for me
0: yeah they were they uh they showed you a little bit of a weakness in your game yeah. and and you have answered that correctly by addressing that yeah and, yes. and you're in a bit of an arms race with a teammate, you know, you get you start arms back, race. I start I like a new that. back and you're both yep. training. The beauty of this is it's not you trying to escape the back, it's also him trying to attack you when he's yeah. on your back. And then it's the reverse, so it's it's double training, you're both getting good work uh and that's that's a great environment to be in, Gary.
1: Yep. And I also like the other point you made, uh, you know, let's go back to, you know, what are the the submissions that you have to have people you equal skill at those are the moves that are not your fat that you shouldn't give away. But I like how you, you talk. Those are the ones you should be working on. Those are the ones you should be micro tuning. Um, you know, I mean, it goes back to our brick analogy. Um, you know, what is that move when you're in trouble that you're going to pull out, you know, pull out of your, your tool bag, you know, and hit them like a brick. For me, it's going to be a Kimura. Um, you know, everybody's got their own, but that's one thing I, I do work on. I, I, I devour every little bit I can find about a Kimura. I, you know, I'm always trying to fine-tune it and getting it better. Uh, it's not something that I think I'm good at. I'm just going to try to keep getting better and better and better at it. But I, I think that's a—when you brought up that point, I think that's that's an awesome point uh, to get better at your non-fat moves, at your lean, muscular moves.
0: So the last thing I, I wanted to bring up here is when to add fat to your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And that may sound like, what are we talking about here? We wanted to get our games, you know, fine-tuned. We want to get just our A game boiled down. Uh, you, you need to remember your why. Like, why are you doing this? And if if part of that is because it's fun, part of that might be because you like to learn some things, it's okay to do techniques that may not be like, your A game or even potential to be your A game. So, uh, you know, hey, I want to you know, dabble in these, uh, you know, this type of a weird sweep that was highly situational or something like that. Like, that's fine. If it's fun, like that's a key element to, to sticking with Jiu-Jitsu for the long term is to have fun. So if you're only doing the same two techniques, the same two takedowns, the same two guard passes, the same uh, two submissions from side control, you might run into a little bit of boringness, even if it's working well and you're taking people down, you're passing their guard, you're getting you know, that submission. It all might be working really well, but it might be kind of boring. It might stagnate uh, with what you're enjoying. Throw in some fat. You do something a little unusual. Do something a little little bit uh, out of character. And, and you might find that, man, that was a lot of fun. It doesn't work real well for me, but, man, it's fun. <laughs> That's a cool technique. And, and if I get it once out of ten, uh, I got a big old smile on my face. So don't think as, as fat as a totally a negative thing. It, it's also a way you could, you could find new things that do work well for you when you taste a little bit of this uh, cake over here, or this pie over here. Man, that works great for my game. I didn't think it would. Like Gary was saying earlier, uh, he didn't think that sweep was going to work. He, he tasted it a little bit and he tried it and he worked on it and sure enough he's getting it sometimes and Gary you said it, it's, it's a lot of fun when it works
1: yeah it's a lot of fun I had a smile on my face and kind of at that point I was getting a little bored um, you know we go back to the why like you said Byron I, I train for fun I train to push my body and mind learn new stuff I train to meet new people you know I'm not going to be a world champion I don't train for that and sometimes I, I was, I think I was just getting a little stagnant. I think, uh, kind of like what you said, it's, uh, you know, getting a little boring, a little stagnant. I need to, to break out of that rut. I need to try some new stuff and, and you know, Hey, if it puts a smile on your face, the job's over, you won. And, uh, that's what it boiled down to. And, and now I'm trying to do that same sweep on just constantly on everybody. And people probably try to get, or get sick of rolling with me. Cause that's all I'm trying, but I'm having a good time. And like, Byron said that first time I hit it, and there was a smile on my face. So, you know, even when I miss it, you know, I'm like, "Hey, I tried." It was a smile on my face, and and but I think what I really getting out of this is it was something I didn't think I could do. And when you when your mind isn't there, and you actually find out you can do it, that's a big accomplishment. Even though my percentage level isn't very high, you know, if I try to hit this on Byron he's going to make me pay for it but you know i have pushed beyond that barrier i have done something that my mind was holding me back and i'm having fun doing it which keeps me in the gym so uh you know that fat adds flavor you know so that was good flavor
0: oh yeah fat that and that really does so w- w- the fat adds that's a good one Carrie.
1: <laughs> oh thank you <laughs>
0: Uh, we've made up some interesting concepts with this about getting you know, six pack abs with your jiu-jitsu and not you know like really lean and mean, and but flavor, you know, adding that fun—that's a big part of it. And uh, another another time, you could add some fat and uh, and do something that's not typical of your game is the, is when you learn it. So, when, if there is a technique of the day or something, you know, like in, in, in your instructor shows you, um, you know, a sweep that you are not good at. And you go to roll, try that sweep out. Like, yeah, that's going to be, it's not going to work very likely. Or, you know, you end up, your your, your opponent really expects the, everything. They, they just saw this technique also. So they kind of know what's up. But if, if those techniques work, A, you remember them really well and B you get a little confidence and maybe this is a technique that's not going to be fat for you. It's going to be something lean and mean. And, uh, and that's just, that's another time to add some fat. You know, if if you get an opportunity to do the technique that you just learned, go ahead and try it. I mean, we're here to learn. We're here to get better as martial artists, trying new things. Uh, th- th- those are all good. Gary, this has been a
1: low-calorie episode. <laughs> Definitely a low-calorie episode. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, beef, uh, fat, and, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of— uh, you know, riding a bull. Oh, yeah, you know, that's thief. scary. Yeah. Um, hey, for the last couple of weeks, we've had an uh, uh, article of the week about uh, different sports and how it relates to uh, jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, this week we have one from liveabout.com, Bull Riding Basics, How to Stay on a Bull. And before we even get into this, I, I want to tell a story about a, a training partner I have. And that was the guy I was talking about that we're working on back control together. And uh, this guy kind of looks like a mini Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. You know, he's a, not a very tall individual, but uh, he's built like a, like Mr. Olympia. And, uh, you know, he's the farthest thing from a cowboy. Um, he's a city boy, um, if you can call it Wichita city, um, but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, you know, I mean, Byron, you know him, would you think of him as uh, a guy who wrote a bull or anything of that no, sort? No, I, I, yeah. I would not. Yeah. So out of the blue one day, he tells me, uh, he's not going to train this weekend cause he's going to like a five day bull riding school, um, down there at the Kansas, Oklahoma border. And, uh, he was telling me as one thing he's always wanted to do and he's going to try it. And, you know, first of all, I didn't know much about riding a bull, but I was like, good luck. Hey. And, uh, can I have all your rash guards and grappling <laughs> shorts? Cause I don't think you're going to make it out of life. And, um, uh, but you know, so he ended up going through that, that, uh, class and I go to work with him. Um, we work together. So, uh, I saw him uh, before we did any grappling. I saw him, uh, at work and, uh, he said, hey, I might have to take a couple of more days off of work because I'm so beat up from riding the bull. But what I thought was kind of cool, he'd been a guy who had done jujitsu for, you know, s- six, seven years, you know, not sure how long, but pretty good amount of time at that point. And, um, you know, never rode a bull, never rode horse, that kind of stuff. And, you know, he told me he showed up there and, you know, because Mike would be totally out of place with a bunch of cowboys. And Mike said everybody showed up. They had a pickup truck. They're all wearing a cowboy hat. They all got boots. They all have their own spurs. They all got chaps. They got everything. And Mike showed up in his uh, Chevy Cavalier, um, you know, just Mike. And uh, no cowboy hat, none of that stuff. And, you know, they went through class. You know, they were learned to, taught how to ride and, you know, started off on, like, high school bulls and then moved up to college bulls. And to be honest, I didn't know the different classes of bulls till Mike told me about him. Um, but the, the crazy thing is Mike said he outrode everybody he had the longest ride and here's a guy who had never done, you know, rode before took this class. A lot of the other people had ridden before. Um, but you know, just came back to the class to ride some more and this and that. But, you know, I really thought, and, you know, talking to Mike, he was telling me he did well because of the basics, you know, the stuff he had learned from jujitsu, Jitsu you know, getting on somebody's back. Like we were just talking and working back control and here I am squirming to get out. It taught Mike balance, you know, stuff of that sort. You know, he really knew how to squeeze with his legs. He had good grip strength from, you know, everything we we're doing in jujitsu. But, uh, that's kind of what made me, you know, why I pulled this article, uh, Byron tasked me, uh, trying to find an article, um, about some oddball sport, uh, and not say this is an oddball sport, but a sport and try to relate it to jujitsu. Um so I found this article it's by Stevie Casey and it's from 2018. Um uh, but uh you know it's a great article and you you know it talks about different things that are vital to uh to doing, uh, to ride a bowl and you know first of all his first point is training is vital. Um you know to the untrained you're like man 8 seconds that's not very hard. You know, eight seconds is not a very long time. You know, I get on Byron's back. I was like, man, I can ride him definitely longer than eight seconds. Oh, <laughs> it's getting weird, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That doesn't sound right. But, you know, Byron's not, you know, a 4,000 pound solid muscle. I mean, he's like a 98 pound pencil neck geek, you know, so there is. A and I, and big, I have
0: plenty of the fat that's going on as well. <laughs> that
1: 98 pounds. Big difference. So, you need to trim up. You know, yeah, he need to trim up. But you can't just get on there um, and, you know, just ride a bull. Just jump right on. I mean, you can, but you're not going to do very well at it. You know, training is vital. If we want to learn jiu-jitsu, we go to a school. I'm going to go to a Fox Fitness. I'm going to go train with Roley Delgado at Westside MMA. You know, I'm going to go train with our, our buddy Tim Sledd. Um, these guys are experts. You know, we're going to learn from the older, experienced riders at local rodeos. We're going to learn from the older, experienced jujitsu guys at local schools. Um, you know, training is vital. If you want to get good at it, you know, observe your trainer. Listen. You know, we talk about that all the time. Listen. Uh, you know, your instructor's telling you and showing you stuff. Listen. Watch. Uh, ask questions. There are no dumb questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask a question. Uh, but learn from these experienced people. Uh, the more rides, you know, you have under your belt, the more experience you'll have with a variety of bulls. The more open match you go to, the more classes you go to, the more experience you're going to have with different levels of jujitsu people, and you, it's just going to make you better.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's good. And in getting that. Uh, that mentor uh, is what really they recommend Find somebody who rides bulls. Talk to them. Learn from a person who's got experience, and, and they'll get you set up and, and heading the right way. Because it's definitely not a place where you go in and make a lot of errors and have a long career. <laughs> it's. Uh, I have no interest in bull riding. It's, it sounds terrifying.
1: <laughs> you can be over. Your, you're going to be over your head really quick uh, if you uh, don't get the proper training.
0: My feet will be over my head immediately. Basically
1: yep that's not where i want to be yeah another point well you told me huh never mind (laughs) (laughs) dang yep another point he makes get the proper equipment you know jujitsu uh we need the proper equipment uh if i'm training gi you know i need a proper gi i need a belt i need gi pants um you know if i go to a tournament they're gonna kick me out if i don't have the proper stuff uh no gi um you know, I, I really want to have no-gee shorts, a uh, uh, rash guard. I don't want to show up in jorts. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, somebody's going to break their fingers. My training partner's not going to like me. Uh, you know, and the bull riding, you know, a thick leather glove. Uh, it's going to save your skin. Uh, you know, I'm going to be having to grab ropes twisting around their hand. Uh, you know, so I do need... Uh, you know the proper equipment. Um, you know they talk about a bull rope. I need a good bull rope. I'm not totally sure what that is, but uh, they say you need the bull rope, rosin, you know, stuff like that. So uh, same thing, you know, for jujitsu. I need the proper equipment, uh, you know, to train, train properly, and to to be the best I can become.
0: Yeah, one of the things I see uh, as a mistake more often, like if you go buy a gi, if it's a jiu-jitsu gi and it fits decent, you're in good shape. Like that's pretty simple. Uh, there's a lot of good quality keys out there, and most of the key companies that make bad keys don't exist very long. So you're you're it's really likely you'll buy a decent key. Maybe not the best key in the world, but buy a decent key. Uh, for the no geese crowd, a common mistake is to walk in with a medium sized build and be wearing an extra large shirt. That is super annoying. It's actually a little bit dangerous. Uh, for your teammates, like your fingers get twisted up in those things in, in your shirt, the shirts in the way it's, uh, it's, it shouldn't be part of the jujitsu is me having to untangle my hand or my foot from your, uh, way oversized shirt. If you're going to wear a rash guard, great. That's what they're designed to do is, is just not be a factor in the grappling and keep, you know, your skin clean. Uh, if you're going to wear a t-shirt, wear one that's like a little bit snug And uh, it's just it's safer. It's less likely to get snagged and and ripped apart anyway. Uh, That's a common mistake I see a lot of people is they just want to wear an old beat up T-shirt and it's two sizes too big anyway, when it should be maybe one size too small or just a little bit more form fitting. Uh, That's a common mistake. I know you've seen that before too, Gary. Uh, another tip that that he has here in this article is to watch the bowl. And this one, I like this one for jujitsu. Uh, so sometimes, uh, you know, before you you get on the bowl, which I could I can imagine how scared I would be. Uh, I uh, I'd, I'd be in my my uh, Chevy uh, my Toyota Corolla, all scared and not want to get out to you know with all the anyway. Uh, watch the bull. So is the bull, uh, you know, being aggressive towards other bulls? Are they kind of calm and relaxed? It, like these things are a little bit of a clue to what you're going to deal with when you when this terrifying thing happens to you <laughs> that you've signed up for. Uh, another thing, sometimes the bull, I guess, will be uh, rode more than once in a day. So if, if Gary is going to ride uh, Big Pete and, you know, hey, look, I got Big Pete after this. Uh, that's not a very funny bull name, but that's the best I could do gary uh, so i I watched Gary ride big Pete and and Gary and this big Pete was nothing but like a tornado it was spun around a whole bunch of times and 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 that sort of activity. I need to watch Gary uh with that and and I could expect possibly a similar thing to happen. Maybe this bull always spins to the right instead of like bucking or dipping hard like it has lots of stuff I don't know really know what it means, but uh, just by watching same thing with Jitsu. If you're able to watch your opponent before, uh, you know, maybe first round comes through, you win your match and then start watching the people, you know, have their matches and, and try to learn a little bit of information. If you can't do this, hopefully your coach can, they'll be able to give you some, a little bit of insight in what your opponents going to bring to you in, in the next match. And, uh, just by watching, you know what to expect a little bit more. I thought that was a good one.
1: Okay. So now we have watched, uh, what was his name? Little Pete? Big Pete? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Now we've watched Big Pete. Um, now it's time to hold on tight. And, you know, I like this one. You know, the, the uh, author's talking about, you know, use your thighs to squeeze, you know, your riding arm is essentially your balance point during the ride. You know, he talks about staying close to the center of the back to keep sliding off. And, uh, you know, this is all the stuff we do in jiu-jitsu. You know, our balance is key. You know, we learn little things like that. Um, you know, how to use your legs, uh, you know, like you said, to squeeze the, on the opponent and, uh, you know, those are very important things to ride a bull and be successful in the jiu-jitsu and wrestling mat.
0: All right, that you know, it's a fun article uh, to just take another sport, learn about that, and then and then see what we could bring back over from that into jujitsu. Um, yeah, bull riding basics: how to stay on a bull is the name of the article. We'll put a link to it in the show notes and uh, check it out. And maybe you're a bull rider, maybe you have a little bit more input or uh, a deeper knowledge based on that, because we don't have any depth of knowledge.
1: In as you sort can of
0: tell, <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to uh, give a shout out to a couple of our Patreon supporters for their continued support. I want to thank Brad, Keith, and Nathan. Uh, they have been our loyal Patreon supporters for a little while now. Uh, what they have done is they've heard an episode and they thought, you know what, I want to support these people you know, at the, at the BGG Brick Podcast and and be part of that team and and help them out. It doesn't take a whole lot, you know. You can pitch a buck in every episode. That really makes a big difference. Uh, this is a we run this thing on a shoestring budget where we try to do things as effectively as possible, and uh, and every every dollar that we get helps us out. And, uh, and and go to the link in the show notes for Patreon, and, um, and 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 make a pledge. And at the end of the month, you'll you'll get charged you know three or four bucks or however, wherever you want to pledge. It it really helps us out quite a bit. I'll mail you out a. Uh, five inch BJJ brick key patch. And if I still have the old uh, uh, legacy style of patches, the throwback, in, patch. the throwback patches, uh, they are, the numbers are dwindling, but I will uh, send out those as long as I have those. And, uh, and also send out a BJJ brick sticker, post that thing anywhere you want. And uh, we'll be happy to, to uh, represent <laughs> on your item that you choose. Uh, also, we have a private Facebook group, and this group is for a couple of our training partners, and really it's uh, a bunch of our uh, Patreon supporters are in the group, and we'll bat you know, questions back and forth sometimes or talk about uh, topics or ideas and, and kind of uh, talk some trash on there as well. It's kind of just especially, a fun behind-the-scenes uh,
1: gr- private group. Yeah, especially talking trash about me. That happens a lot.
0: It just kind of ha- it's just fun, and uh, for some reason that happens quite a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, hey, also tell all your friends about this. Uh, if you're, you know, seeing our posts on Facebook, you know, please share it. Uh, you know, share the the podcast on Facebook. Uh, it's a good way to get other jujitsu people to listen to us, and uh, uh, we really appreciate that. That's the biggest f- form of flattery we, we could get.
0: Yeah, we, we we're not at the point where we have a budget to. You know, get a bunch of ads and and make a big push on social media, or you know, in a magazine. I don't know where we'd put it anyway, but we Pirates do rely on magazines. <laughs> we do rely a lot on word of mouth. So, if if your training partners would enjoy the podcast, you know, tell them about it. It really means a lot to us that you would do that, and and maybe you'll get a friend listening. And uh, you could share the hey, did you listen to that this week? And and, and tell them what kind of a thing you might have picked up or a tidbit you might have learned or or how we made fun of Gary or Joe for not even being here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah, it's uh, it really means a lot to us when you when you uh, spread the word of mouth, spread by word of mouth.
1: Spread the word of mouth. Yeah, that, that sounds like a disease. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what Joe Open got. Mouth
0: disease. <laughs> that's what Joe got. Uh,
1: yeah, if Joe you get Poor Joe. (laughs) Hoof and mouth disease. Uh,
0: Those toe holes didn't go well. He's too close to his own face. Uh, (laughs) If you do get sick, and we're coming up kind of on that season, uh, that that the flu's going around and colds and some of that, take the time off the mat and and make sure you're not contagious before you get back on there. Uh, That's just a basic respect to show your teammates. Don't go in. Uh, when you can get people sick, if you have uh, the flu, ringworm, anything that somebody can catch,
1: hoof and mouth disease, hoof and
0: mouth disease, whatever it might be, uh, you know, take the time and heal up. Do some off the mat training, maybe maybe do some uh, some kind of some school style training when you you know dive deep into to learning a technique, uh, or you know hit some weights or some stretching. Just do something, stay active, but don't get your teammates sick.
1: Byron, do you get a flu shot?
0: I do get a flu shot, Gary.
1: I just got mine yesterday. Are you okay? I get one. Yeah, yeah,
0: pretty easy. I've never. Yeah. So I, we'll talk about this before we go. <laughs> get your flu shots. Uh, I remember as a kid, getting a shot was like the worst part of being a kid. It it was something I would dread all week. If I'm getting the flu shot Friday, it it ruined my whole week. Like. I didn't want my parents to tell me, you know, until it was almost there because I would dread this whole thing. And the best so, part, like after getting a shot, was I would say, "How long until my next shot?" And they would be like, "Oh, a year or two years, whatever." I'd be like, "Yeah, that's a long time away."
1: Uh, I really tried so. What to, did your parents do? To say they're taking you to McDonald's? No, they would you tell pull me, a doctor's and
0: I was. You no, know, they would tell me, and I would just dread it. Uh, oh, okay. You know, for the for the day or two beforehand. Hey, Byron, you got a shot in a couple of days. Oh no, you know. But now. I go get a shot and it's literally something that I can almost ignore. Like it, it, I don't really feel it. I think I talked to, I've talked to people who give me shots. Some of them say that the needles are so much sharper now or smaller now that they don't have as much pressure, you know, to go in through the skin and and it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. And part of it's probably mental. Maybe I've gotten a little bit tougher from jujitsu dealing with those sort of uh, discomforts, but it does. It literally doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, like, I think just a it thing. would
1: be the lack of muscle you have. So I mean, you have very, 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 very little muscle and a lot of fat that you haven't trimmed. So I think <laughs> it just goes in there, and you probably don't feel it. I always so when
0: I go get a shot, I always will start to drop my pants, and usually they <laughs> get upset.
1: <laughs> I was joking with coworkers because we get this done at work. You know, they come in every year. And uh, you know, I was telling my coworkers when I go in there, I'm just going to drop my pants and see what they say. But uh, I chickened out.
0: Oh, well, they probably just have a good laugh at everybody, <laughs> right,
1: Hugh? Yeah. It's never
0: what you want. It's they laugh at you. Never you what that. you
1: want when you uh, drop your pants.
0: <laughs> oh, that's bad advice. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know we had a good time and, and we hope to bring Joe back next week he should be better and not contagious yeah, especially over he's Scott got
1: some, they gave him some, uh, some cream to put on his mouth and hoofs, so he <laughs> should be better
0: <laughs> oh
1: he's all lathered up right
0: now I'm, um, I'm just happy thinking about that but until next week Joe's going to stay lathered up and you're going to stay sweaty my friends
1: and don't forget to shower train hard, train smart, get better we'll see you on the mats guys
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.